You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we left the goat with the person that brought here, brought it out into the into the wilderness. Um, we we left them twelve mil, uh, twenty four thousand amot outside Jerusalem, and the goat had been uh, thrown off the cliff. And we noticed that the person that took the goat had to change, wash his clothes, and bathe before coming back into the into Jerusalem. There was a dispute as to whether he needed to do this, whether his clothes became unclean the minute he left the city walls, or whether only they only became unclean when he pushed the goat off the cliff. But that was where we, we essentially we that's where we left the process. And now we're going to come back into the center of the temple. In order to understand what the Mishnah is doing, we actually need to revisit the Pesukim. So if you don't mind, before we jump into the Mishnah, we're towards the eight of towards the end of chapter six. We're going to jump in at the seventh Mishnah of chapter six. But before we jump into the Mishnah, we're just going to check back on the Pesukim just to see where how this sequence works, at least as it's described in Tanakh. And then once we see how it's described in Tanakh, we'll understand a little bit better as to what the Mishnah is trying to achieve. The goat shall bear all their iniquities, El Eretz Gezerah, to a land which is cut off. And then he lets the goat go into the wilderness. And then after that happens, only after that happens, does Aaron come back in the tent? Aaron in Ohel Moed. Aaron then comes back in the sanctuary. And he takes off his linen garments and he leaves them there and he bathes. And then he's going to put on his regular gold garment, gold garments. And then the the the, the Torah says, And then he's going to offer his burnt offering and the burnt offering of the people. And then he'll make atonement for himself and for for, for, for the people. And the fat of the sin offering will burn on the altar. So that those are the pasukim, if you like. After the goat is sent, he can change his clothes and bathe and then offer the offerings. So, and... The Pesukim carry on to say, by the way, that after they're offered, So he takes the bull of the sin offering and the goat of the sin offering, and they they're um, they are they're hide they're the the, the, the the parts that aren't the sacrificial parts, the external parts, are taken outside the sanctuary to be burnt. They're burnt outside, just like the goat is taken outside. And the person that burns them has to wash his clothes and bathe his flesh in water, just like the person that 
brought the goat out into the wilderness. So there's a parallel, if you like, between the goat, the, the, the goat in the wilderness and the bull and the goat of the sin offering. And they're both taken outside the camp and the person that takes them out has is some becomes tummy he has to wash before he comes back in so that's the situation in in those are the verses in 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 the, in the humash so now let's, let's have a look at the mishnah now we're in the seventh mishnah of chapter six he came to the bull and the goat that were to be burned. So these are the ones, these are the sin offerings that are going to have to be taken outside the camp. He, he cuts them open. He takes out the sacrificial portions. There are some portions which need to be burnt on the altar. He puts them on a tray. And then he burns them on the altar. And then the other parts, he twists them round a carrying poles. The other parts are, are twisted around carrying poles and taken out of the place of burning. And the and the Mishnah then asks, matamim bagadim. From when are his clothes unclean? It's a parallel question to the question that we asked at the end of Mishnah, at the end of the sixth Mishnah. At the end of the sixth Mishnah, we talked about the the person who'd taken the goat out to the tzuk to push off the cliff. And we asked, from when are his clothes unclean? And we're asking exactly the same question here about the person that brings out the remnants of the sacrifice of, of, the, of the sin offerings to be burned. And there's a, exactly the same dispute as we had in the previous Mishnah. After they've gone outside the walls of the temple courtyard. The parallel statement in the previous Mishnah was as soon as they've left the city of Jerusalem. And then, just as in the parallel Mishnah, Rabbi Shimon is going to come and disagree. Rabbi Shimon, Omer, Mi Sheitzat Ha'ur Buruban. Rabbi Shimon says, from the moment that the fire has taken hold of most of them. In other words, just as he holds that the the person who takes um, the goat away uh, uh, becomes tameh as soon as the um, as soon as the goat is pushed off the cliff. He holds that the person who takes the sin offerings away becomes tameh as soon as the fire has taken hold of them. There's some kind of parallelism between these two processes, between burning the sin offerings and pushing the goat off the cliff. And then the Mishnah explains. They say to the Kohen Gadol, the goat has reached the wilderness. And we must be backtracking here because the order of the Pesukim makes clear that the Kohen Gadol can't go on and carry out all these other operations until he know, until he sent the goat out. So we need to know, we need to know when the goats reach the wilderness. 
And how do they know? The Mishnah asks, well, how do they know where this goat is? How do they know that the goat had reached the wilderness? And there are two answers. The first answer is that they would set up some kind of systems of scouts. Dar kiot sin. They used to set up things called dar kiot. Now dar kiot clearly come from the root of derech, which is wayside, and it's commonly translated as scouts. So maybe these these dar kiot are humans. The Rambam actually says these are sort of watchtowers. He says matzevot. They're places where the scouts used to stand. So they set up high towers the scouts used to stand on. And this, by the way, makes, I mean, intuitively it makes it more sense. And of course, the Rambam in his commentary on the Mishnah is normally pretty reliable on issues to do with linguistics. So I've, I've given you both. I've given you the scouts on the source sheet and in brackets, the watchtowers. Anyway, they used to set up these scouts or these watchtowers. Umunifin Basudarin, and they'd wave scarves. So they have some kind of visual signal from scout to scout or from scout standing on the watchtower to the next scout standing on the watchtower. So we already learned when we looked at the previous Mishnah that when the, uh, the, um, the man with the goat is accompanied right to the last station and at the last station they let him go on alone, he goes on for the last uh, 4,000 Amot, but they're looking after him to see what he's doing. And each station is only uh, 2,000 amot apart. So it's about um, 1,000 amot is, uh, sorry, 2,000 amot is about 1,000 yards. So it's about, a, it's a kilometer. It's less than a mile. It's less than a mile. So on a clear day, as long as there's no hill in between, you can see from station to station. So they'd set up these waving stations and they'd know that the go to reach the wilderness. Now, and Rabbi Yudah will disagree here, actually. Rabbi Yudah says, no, we don't need to do all this stuff. We can just measure with time. And Rabbi Yudah, by the way, is a little bit like Rabbi Shimon. He thinks that the job has been done as soon as the goat has effectively reached the beginning of the wilderness. So he only wants to, he doesn't want to count the full 12 mil. He only wants to count three mil. And he can estimate that in time. And he's going to explain how. Rabbi Yudah said, didn't they have a great, a great sign? From Jerusalem to Beit Chidudo. And this seems to be the um, beginning of the desert. And it's it's actually spelled differently in Kaufman. And the Rambam has a different spelling. The Rambam says it's, uh, I mean, Kaufman says Haroron, and the Rambam says Haron. It, it, the rate the Dalid goes to a to a, to a ratio, and there's a nun at the end. It's some place anyway, at the beginning of the wilderness. Whether it's Hidudo with Dalids or Haroron with Rashes. Mirushlaim Hidudu Shlosha Milim. So there were three mills. Holchim Mill, so they could walk a mill. This is, these are the people that are accompanying the goat, accompanying the man with the goat. So they can walk out a mill. 
וחוזרים מיל, and they can then return a mill. So now they've walked two mills. ושוהים כדי מיל, and they wait the time it takes to, 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 to walk a mill. And thus they know that the goat has reached the wilderness. So according to Rabbi Yudah, they would just calculate, effectively. According to, and by the way, the halacha doesn't go according to Rabbi Yudah. But it's interesting to know that the Mishnah, at any rate, seems to remember these two ways of doing things. And the Gemara remembers a third way, which does not appear in good manuscripts of the Mishnah. So I, again, I put it in square brackets for you here. Rabbi Ishmael says, didn't they have a different sign? Rabbi Ishmael Omer, Halo Siman Acher Hayalahem. So Rabbi Ishmael's got a completely different memory that is not in the Kaufman manuscript, but it, it seems to have crept into the Mishnah, at least into the printed editions from the Gemara. So what's his different sign? Lashon shel zahorit haya kashur al pitcho shel heichal. So a thread of crimson wool was tied to the door of the temple. Uch shegia sar lemibach haya lashon malbin. And when the goat reached the wilderness, the thread turned white. Shenemar, we know this pasuk. Imiyu chatechem kashanim kasheleg yalbinu. If your sins be as scarlet, they shall end up as white as snow. And it seems as if Rabbi Yudai is remembering a time before the time when they used to tie the crimson cord to the horns of the goat. This seems to be the same crimson cord, right, which we heard as being tied to the horns of the goat. And it um, it's then cut in half before the goat's pushed off of the cliff. Half of it goes down the cliff and half is tied to a rock. And in the memory of the of Rabbi Ishmael, and Rabbi Ishmael was alive in the time of the temple. In the memory of Rabbi Ishmael, this cord was actually, never went to the wilderness with the goat. It was actually kept and it was tied to the doors of the temple. And then when people saw that it had turned white, they knew that the goat had reached the um, the, the desert and had been pushed off and that the people were forgiven. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.